It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And today we're going to give you a three show special and a wrap up of the big events from last weekend in NOAA and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And to join me for the suspicious occasions is John Dinsdale. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. It feels weird talking about New Japan considering they used to be one of my, my most watched wrestling companies and now it's kind of just a case of every now and then. They are turning a corner creatively. We have lots of things to talk about that later on. We're going to finish with New Japan at the new beginning in Nagoya show. And we're going to start with New Japan at WrestleMania 17 in Yokohama. However, it wasn't really in New Japan. Not WrestleMania, sorry, Wrestle Kingdom 17. I got WrestleMania 17 on the head because I watched a Steve Austin meme earlier and it was like stuck with me clearly. Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama which wasn't really a New Japan show as it took place in a Noah ring with a blue mat. <laughs> so, kind of. Established dominance. I bet that was all <laughs> Keno's idea. He's like, if these, <laughs> these outsiders are coming into my company, they're doing it under my rules, God damn it. I think it was just because they were running the same venue the following day and it made more sense to do it that way, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, the show opened, the pre-show opened with Kirsty Fujita and Raihi Owa, the young boys of New Japan, going up against Tashi Ozawa and Yasutuki Yano. Uh, the New Japan young lads took the win uh, with the pin over Ozawa. Oh, no, it was a Boston Crab over Ozawa. 12 minutes and 12 seconds. It was all right. They went a bit elf leather. John hasn't seen all of the show, so we're going to kind of get to the main points and talk about them. Um, and, and then we'll move on to the show he has watched. <laughs> but it was kind of like a it was a match it happened I kind of expected the New Japan Young Boys to go on because they were they were a bit more experienced um, the second opener was Daki Inaba and Masaketimiya uh, they went up against Oscar Lube and Tomohiro Ishii 10 minutes and 28 seconds understandably Lube, Lube the, the junior partner got a kick in unfortunately for him Inaba is massive he's huge Lube is quite the specimen and it's like oh my god that is the greatest still image new japan will ever take and it's um lube doing like a leg drop on kitamiya yeah and it, it, it looks like you've been folded in half it, it's like when you've got one of those stretchy dolls that you stick to walls and you just kind of fold them in half lube's got he's got this presence that is just gangly it's like a giraffe trying to wrestle a lot of the time. And it doesn't come, I'm sure he's going to get smoother, but it doesn't come out smooth. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. It comes out a little bit like Gangle. Um, but he tried really hard here, presumably because he was under the threat of beating if he didn't try very hard. Um, you're with Ishii. Ishii will just deck you if you're not pulling your way. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, Kitten here in Arbor weren't hanging about either. <laughs> they were like... that they're only in the second match. Yeah, and but the, well, me, kind there, of... was, there was a, there was a story to tell. Ishii took exception to them uh, being a bit rough with Lube and um, and uh, set two with them afterwards. There was a pull apart brawl. So I'm guessing that um, yeah, Mr. Ishii will be on excursion to the green brand for some time, I feel. Oh. See? I don't need to watch New Japan anymore. 
My favorite. <laughs> He's at least one match, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It's like an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> well, it, it was messy. It wasn't great. Um, uh, equally should be said for the next match. Itoshi Tanahashi, Satoshi Kojima, Takeshi Segura, along with Toru Yano. Um, that's the Bebop tag team and um, Segura Gun's current GHC tag team champions. Went up against Bullet Club, Fel Fantasmo, Gedo and Kenta, along with Naomichi Marafuji. They lost in 12 minutes and 20 seconds when Gedo, Gedo got rolled up by Toru Yano. And... It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's exactly the match you think they'd have. Well, you already know who's going to lose the second you see Gerdos on the team. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, Gerdos wrestling. Right, that's the loser then. Fantasmo and Kenta spent most of the match trying to persuade Marafuji to join Bullet Club, but Marafuji was not having that particular catalogue of its, as you can imagine. Yeah, um... Marafuji actually likes to wrestle. Spends <laughs> most of their time trying not to, unless you're in the top or like top echelon, like Kenta, bloody Jay White, and that. They wrestle. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, the it's like play House of Torture or step on people's balls. Exactly. We'll move on to the I first. Sorry. I do like El Fantasma. Just because yeah. I didn't mention him in the upper echelon on a bullet club, there's like no, no, no disrespect to them. Just no, he's he's picking a fight with um uh, with Tamatanda at the minute over the Never Openweight Championship. That's the current path I believe he's on. So he's he's moving into the upper echelon. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting because again the open weight belt is being an actual open weight belt because we've got a junior challenging for it. Fantasma hasn't been a junior for over a year. Fantasma is a heavyweight now. He he did last year's best of super juniors and moved up to heavyweight. Again, that that just goes to show how out of the loop I am. Like, <laughs> Shall we move on? once filled in, like the first time I was ever exposed to him, it was for a a what culture pro wrestling show. They did their World Cup thing. Oh yeah. And El Fantasma came in as a replacement and he had one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen live with Mark Davis of Aussie Open and it was it's like we had no idea who El Fantasmo is but by the end of the night he was my non-wrestling mate's favourite wrestler I mean I've seen I saw him at um, British J Cup final and he was really good when he can when he goes he's great but when he's a heel it's it's grating at times it feels like he's got two modes. Heal that can't be asked to work and heal that will work. And when it's heal that will work, he's still that sort of excellent dynamic wrestler who will do like ridiculous stuff. It, but then it, he's got yeah. Archie mode where you just want him to fall out of the ring and never return. It, it, it's, it, it's in the, like 2014 Tai Chi era at the moment, which is not really, even Tai Chi thought that was rubbish. So, you know. <laughs> Give it time. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Phantasma with fond voices again one time. Then again, I never stopped liking Tai Chi, so I don't even know if I can make that comparison. Yeah. Anyway, actually Chelsea came up with a, a really good analogy because 
she can't stand Tai Chi and never has been able to stand Tai Chi. And I was kind of explaining the story of Tai Chi because we watched some Tai Chi when he was a young boy. And she went, oh, I get it now. He's the miss. And I went, yeah, that's pretty much it. He's the, the New Japan, the old Japan equivalent of the miss. Anywho, let's just move on. Uh, the, next, the first actual banger of the night came, understandably, from Yohei and El Desperado. Um, they went for 10 minutes and 57 seconds. Yohei wasn't winning this. But by God, he tried. <laughs> he went for every pin combination you could possibly imagine. And Despy was like, he was enjoying himself. And he gave you away a round of applause at the end of the night. Because Despy is slowly morphing into a baby face um, and trying to rid himself of the last vestiges of his healdom, as we'll talk about more at the New to Beginning show. But he's trying really hard to be a good guy these days. Um, and he really appreciated wrestling Yohei. I think that he requested Yohei, and Yohei was quite happy to oblige. And it was really good. Yeah, this, this is one of the ones I'm actually going to go back and watch once time permits. Like, these two were just like a match made in heaven. I mean, Despy can work with anyone, and you're here as just one of the best junior heavyweight wrestlers in Japan. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was really good. I strongly recommend you to watch it. Um, interesting matchup next. Master Wato, Raisuki Taguchi, and Tiger Mask lost. So Hunter Miyokawa, Amax, I never pronounced his name more properly, Amakusa, and Alejandro. Um, this was kind of like top my high spot kind of match. It was like aerial maneuver after aerial maneuver for no apparent reason. It wasn't the best wrestling match, put it that way, but it was all about Noah Junior Army versus New Japan Junior Army, and it was it was it kind of match that could lead somewhere else if you see what I mean. It didn't do an awful lot in the time period, but you could see Master Water going back to challenge for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion out of it, Championship out of it. They were laying seeds, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the most interesting thing to watch. <laughs> it was more of a... New Japan, New Japan Juniors probably looked at what Amakusa was going, just like, no thanks. So Amakusa just defies gravity in ways that we haven't seen since Blood. Oh, why? Yeah, just like, it was insane. Um, Those twists he gets on his dives are just ridiculous. So it was some, somebody off the New Japan roster had like quote tweeted the the Noah gif and gone, "Excuse me," and I can't remember who it was. I think it was, I'm not sure. It was, it was I think it might have been one of the last ones they opened. They were like, "Excuse me, <laughs> how are you doing this?" Yeah, I think, I think it was was it it was Mark was it Mark Davis? Yeah, I think it was Mark Davis. So, excuse me, how are you doing this? <laughs> how is that actually humanly possible? You not heard of gravity? So yeah, it was intriguing. But there you go. Um, next up was a serious bit of business, as Dusty Business so one. This was <laughs> right. This will tell you how important this match was. It was six minutes and thirty-five seconds. It went to a no contest. The cage match users gave it eight point five, and the Wrestling Observer gave it four and a quarter stars for a match that basically had only one thing happen in it. And that was Kiyomiya giving a Okada a kick in and Okada coming back with a kick in for Kiyomiya. It was heated. It sets up the semi-main event for Noah's first Tokyo Dome show. Um, and it was just brilliantly well done. Just absolutely geniusly well done. The fact that a lot of people thought it was a shoot will tell you how well it done it was. There was only one botch in it, which uh, Simon Gotch pointed out this week, which was he noticed that when um, Kiyomiya went to drop kick Okada, Okada was told, 
Yeah, Okada was talking to Makabe and he managed to smack Okada's head into Makabe. Um, thank you, Simon, for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> and he said, this is the reason why you're supposed to visualise where your strikes are going to go. Um, so, yeah, um, that was the only thing that kind of went wrong. But other than that, this was perfect. The desperate kind of reaching from Kiyomiya, the, the, well, I'm not saying reaching because he's now the wrestler that can probably handle a card. I don't think he's going to win. But by God, it's going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be a 45-minute Akada epic. You can tell. It's written all over it. You know, it's it, it's going to go hard. Um, and, you know, it's that journey from last year's Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama where Kiyomiya ended up in tears having lost to Akada and Tanahashi and Akada telling him it's not the not whether you win the fight, it's how you get up. Um, this is Kiyomiya getting up. And this is just genius. This is absolutely the hottest thing that could come out of January in wrestling. And it lays up a, a wonderful matchup at wrestling uh, to Tokyo. Dome. And I'm sure you've seen most of this match in just highlight form, haven't you? I did sit down to watch the whole thing, but you basically saw most of it on Twitter the second it happened because New Japan themselves were posting out. And everyone was just like, holy shit, Kiyomiya just killed Okada. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like Okada is now potatoing key. I mean, this is this has gotten out of control. Everyone bought into this. Everyone was just yeah. watching with like their full attention. Like this is how you set up an intercompany like feud properly. And top top marks for Kevin Kelly and Chris Jarl for selling on commentary as well because like they were absolutely top notch um, throughout this. To be honest, I'm not sure Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton didn't know what was going to happen. So that they did a really good job of like, look, this is this is bad for both companies. Your star men are, are going into a fight, and it, you know it, sh- it should have been called no contest before now. And they were really they really sold it really really well. Um, it was good, absolutely great. And then we get on to the meat and potatoes of this particular card. This card was all about Congo versus Lij. After the Congo mob turned up at the press conference after Wrestle Kingdom and challenged LIJ to a five-on-five series at uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, um, and then the shit talking start started and lasted for about three weeks, even though it was only about two. Um, <laughs> it is by far my favourite wrestling feud for a long, long time, and as I described it on Twitter the other week, which was I believe. Uh, the pedantic neighbour who going up against the ch- sorry the, peda- the pedantic um, sorry the humorless pedant going up against his chilled out neighbour who hasn't mowed his lawn since last summer and that's pretty much what set this in motion. Um, NATO versus Kano would be the main event, but before we got there, Tadasuke ends up defeating Bushi in eleven minutes and nine seconds, and honestly. I was really impressed with Tadasuke because he's, and you could tell he's been like on a trajectory to do something big. And for him, this is something big because Bushi, you know, doesn't, he loses a lot in New Japan, but he doesn't tend to lose to outsiders. He goes to Glate and always gets pin, pinfall victories there. So this was really cool to see Tadasuke grow into his role, especially after he got hung out to dry by the rest of Congo at last year's uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama. Tadasuke actually won despite yeah. being misted. That's yeah, it is. Yeah, he got a roll up. It was cool. And I then, 
the pictures so, for this match just look um brilliant. Like holy shit. Because I'm yeah, just on the New Japan site, so I know what's going on. And I'm just flicking through like the slideshow they've got, and this looks like a proper, proper heavy hitting affair. Oh, they went at it, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, it was one of the best matches on the card, actually, to be honest with you. What was better, though, was Hiruma Takahashi versus Hajime O'Hara. 13 minutes and five seconds. This was really good. Um, O'Hara probably hasn't wrestled at this level for quite some time, and the fact that he could hang with Takahashi for this length of time was really impressive. And they told a good story. Now, O'Hara did not look out of his death. He owned Takahashi for the first seven or eight minutes, but Takahashi found a way, and that's that's what Hiromu does. That's his job. He finds a way. And, um, you know, he's Hiromu Takahashi. He's the, he's the junior heavyweight champion. He's the, the man in that division once again, and he's wrestling like he's the man in that division once again. Part of me wants to watch this one, but the other part of me just doesn't like Hajime or Hara. So no, he, he does have a, a colourful background of horror. So, um, but yeah. Oh, good, you... I knew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, was a harrowing read. That was a very harrowing read when that came out. I was just like, oh shit, this guy's an actual monster. Yes, um, it was mentioned on Twitter at the time, uh, along the lines of, it's shame that Takahashi has to wrestle such an awful person. I think my favourite thing was from Caden, one of my favourite gift makers, who was just like, I hope Takahashi kills this clown in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, but that put the score at 1-1. So next up, you had Manubi Soya going up against his former tank team partner, Sanada, back in the Wrestle 1 days. And Soya won in 13 minutes and 57 seconds. This wasn't great, but then Soya's kind of good with a certain kind of wrestler and Sanada's good with a certain kind of wrestler and neither of them are that kind of wrestler, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he... Soya needs big guys to work with, and Sonada needs technical guys to work with, and neither really got their dream opponent here. No, if, if Soya got Shingo, it would have been a much better layout. And if Sonada got Nakajima, that would have been great. Both would have been awesome. But this this just, just didn't... This is an example of Styles not making fights. <laughs> this is an example of what do we do now? <laughs> This seems like one of those cases where it's like we've got a story here and these two guys don't really. They're the kind of middle guys of the group at the moment. So it's kind of a case of shit. What do we do with them? And we'll just put them against each other. It's the two middle members battling it out just because they happen to have like history. Which makes sense. So he took the win though and that put Noya, no, Noya, <laughs> that put Noah, sorry, Noah and Congo three, uh, two, one up in the series. So, pressure was on for Shingo Takagi, and he has Katsushuki Nakajima, the hardest kicker in professional wrestling history. And by gum, did they have a wrestling match. This was outstanding. This was the best match on the card, by a long way, really. And just, Nakajima just horrifically beat Takagi, into Takagi. You don't quite get how hard Nakajima hits until you, when you know what Shingo can take as far as Bulks is concerned and heavy hits from people like Suzuki and from, you know, from Taichi and, you know, the big hitters in, in New Japan. And then you watch him wrestle Nakajima and they, 
they were just going at it. You also had the story of back in the Dragon Gate days, uh, Takagi never actually uh, beat Nakajima. So he had to go against the go against the grain. But this was brilliant. This was, you know, in a weekend that had some stunning matches, this kind of like was really set the tone as the first one to really go hard. And this was great. 18 minutes and 28 seconds. I am going to go back and watch this one because I was slightly gutted. I didn't have the time to sort of sit down and watch it because this is one of those ones where I saw it announced. And I'm just like, well, that is probably going to be the best match of the show. Those two are going to kill each other. And like to be fair, when it comes to Nakajima, I just remember him concussing um, Tetsuya Endo with one shot. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's how hard Nakajima hits. God, uh, yeah, just just unreal, absolutely unreal. Watching this wrestling match because you forget this is booked. <laughs> they don't have to do this, but they do it anyway, and it's just insane. But that left the score. Jingo, Jingo loves it when people like are as stiff as he is, and Nakajima's just a madman. Yeah, just insane. He's got the Hokuto just... spirit, like. It's just a case of, I'm going to hit you as hard as humanly possible. If you don't hit me back just as hard, then that's your loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just just insane matchup. Absolutely insane. Um, and then we get to the main event, because obviously that left it at 2-2, which means the leader of LIJ going up against the leader of Congo, Keno and Tetsuya Nato. They went at it for 26 minutes and 57 seconds. It wasn't as good as Takaga and Nakajima, but it was a much better story in the sense of Keno is, has a chip on his shoulder about New Japan guys in general, but specifically against Tetsuya Nato because Nato is the ultimate company man and Keno is not. He's an indie wrestler that made good. NATO, on the other hand, doesn't believe anything that isn't New Japan Pro Wrestling is um, wrestling, because that's all wrestling is, is New Japan Pro Wrestling as far as concerned. So they're the best two people on earth to have a story with each other, because their philosophies of what pro wrestling should be are completely opposite. And it's not that they are... It's not that they aren't both great wrestlers, it's they are essentially fundamentally coming from two different perspectives it's almost like one's playing rugby league and one's playing rugby union. And that's kind of the story they were trying to tell. Even though Keno is probably just as technically gifted as NATO, it's, it just it just was magic. It's magic to see these two wrestle each other. And it did Keno no end of good, <laughs> even though he lost. He still came out looking stunning because NATO offered a fist bump to Keno, who wouldn't take it. But, you know, NATO made him in this match. And this was absolutely brilliant to watch. The hardest I've seen Naito work in ages. Like, they don't give him as much to do these days, but, like, Keno comes along and he's just like, oh, do you think you can keep up with me? And Naito's like, fucking hell yes. And they just, as much as they, like, probably have, like, diametrically opposed attitudes, they were having a blast in this. Like, Keno hates fun, but I bet he loved every minute of this, because this... This is like big stage wrestling, and both guys like deserve every flower they get for this match. Like it was absolutely to watch. Oh, just beautiful, absolutely beautiful wrestling storytelling from top to bottom. Cannot complain one iota about how great this match was. 
Um, I, and at the end of that match, Tessa Uneta was about to, well, made the roll call and was going down the ramp when Kieji Muto, who was on commentary, hopped the rail and challenged Tetsu Neto to face him in his final ever match, ever, apparently, ever. Definitely his last one. I'm sure the last four have been his last one. Um, match <laughs> at the Tokyo Dome, which will be, um, uh, and the rest of the cameras, and that's the following day, so we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, so what's your overall impressions of this card? And what you've heard it of it? Seems, it seems fairly decent. I mean... There are some matches I'm going to go back and watch. There are some that I just don't care about. And there's Hajime O'Hara, which is a sort of collateral damage of watching Noah content. But I don't know. I think I'm going to go back and watch like the Lube contest just because the pictures of that have made it look pretty entertaining. And then I've got Despi, Tadasuke and the Nakajima fight to get through. So I will actually like catch up on some of this because it just genuinely looks quite interesting, which is something I can't often say about New Japan. (laughs) Well, let's move on to Noah, which is more your firm ground, even if we're going to talk about Ajime O'Hara first. This was the Muta Muta final bye-bye card, uh, again from Yokohama Arena. Same venue, same layout. Um, 8,433 turned up for this one which is 3,000 more than turned up for the New Japan show. Intriguing. Hajime O'Hara and High 69 defeated Atsushi Kotage and Seiki Yoshiako. Uh, Congo versus regular army, 6 minutes and 41 seconds. It's all right. Not what to write about, was, really. It was a nothing match. It, it, I kind of wanted a junior opening contest. It would it had more, would have more fire. It's like Kotage and Yoshioka didn't feel like they should be this low down the card. Yeah, yeah, just a bit... Yeah. It's all right, I guess. What was a lot better was Jungle Kiona and Sarah Anno going up against Mayu Yukihu and Natsu Sumurai. 30 minutes and 46 seconds. This was Noah's first ever Joshi match. And as far as opening, you know, the whole proceedings was concerned, you couldn't find four better people for this, could you? Oh, you've got every sort of flavour of wrestling here. You've got the sort of never say die attitude of Kiana. Sayori Anu is pretty much one of the best freelancers in the scene. Yukihi is just evil. And then you've got Sumie, who is like the sort of character wrestler, I guess. Like she can hold her own, but you're you get more of like the sort of comedy and like seduction-y stuff with her. I don't even know how the best... I once read a cage match review, she's just like, if you want a funny, sexy wrestler, you've got Natsu Sumire, and I'm like, yeah. That, that sums it up, to be honest. Because she, she should be... Yeah, she should be in wave with that. She should be in wave, but she isn't. <laughs> it's, it's just... She's really fun to watch, and all four of them were sort of like, right, we're the first of the division, so let's give them something to remember. And it was very damn good. Jungle Kiana in the post match. Yeah, uh, one of the best matches on the card. Well, arguably the best match on the card. Uh, Jungle Kiona did make comments afterwards that, you know, there is an IWGP Women's Championship now. It'd be quite nice if there was a GHC Women's Championship. So we'll see how that develops. Um, next up, Timothy Thatcher, that happy go lucky, smiling chap, defeated Masaki Machizoki in eight minutes and 44 seconds. 
Michizuki in his 78th match of this year so far. <laughs> or some ridiculous number. Because um, he wrestles for everyone anywhere and just, just keeps wrestling for people as much as he possibly can. This was actually quite good. Um, it disjointed in places, but eight minutes and 44 seconds with a guy like Thatcher, it's not really long enough for him to get warmed up, is it? exactly what the sort of Jack Morris match should have been. Which just yeah. leads me to believe that Timothy Thatcher doesn't like Jack Morris. Or possibly doesn't like losing. Because this was just this when had you, a when lot you, more bite to it. I say when you're that miserable, it's kind of easier to hide your disappointment. Maybe. I I don't know. I still want to know the ins and outs of why that match fell apart the way it did, but I think it's just going to be one of those wrestling's greatest mysteries. But here, you just had Thatcher and Mochizuki beating the shit out of each other and locking each other up, which is exactly what you want for, like, (laughs) the eight, nearly nine minutes you got of it, because Thatcher was happy, Mochizuki was just working, and yeah. Yeah, okay uh, Alejandro, Hunter Miyukawa, and Yasuki Yano defeated Eta, Nosai Rongai, and Yoshihiro Ogawa by disqualification in 7 minutes and 22 seconds in the continuing awkward story. The Mal de Hapon, which is now apparently kind of associated with Stinger ish, because Ogawa is using Eta to kind of like keep on top of the tag team division for another decade, apparently. And wrong guy is just kind of along for the ride as he marches onward to retirement or not, as the case may be. This cracks me up because this was the first time we've seen Ogawa just full-on delve into Eta territory. Like, sure, he's been a dickhead in the past, but this was like Eta started it and Ogawa was just like, ah, fuck it. And they just kept beating on the other team. It's just like, oh, we've lost? Ah, oh, screw it, just keep killing him. Yeah, a bit weird, really. It's a really interesting story, which takes a sort of, like, let's face it, every sort of story Stinger has had at the moment has been them hating another team. So it's kind of interesting to watch Ogawa be like, I hated this guy. Now I hate him, but I work with him. Well, move on to the next match, which was the kind of debut of good-looking guys, which is an interesting faction name. Anthony Green, Jack Morris, and Jake Lee. Anthony Green was kind of like bull-whipped into this particular faction by Jake Morris and Jake Lee, who presented him with a T-shirt at the airport as he got off the plane. They defeated Daki Anaba, Masakita Mi, and Yoshiki Inamura, 10 minutes and 49 seconds, but this kind of builds to more stuff with Kitamira and Inamura, not like Kitamira and Inamura ain't got anything else to do at the minute, or Inaba for that matter. But yeah, it, it was just kind of a taster for what things to come. And Anthony Reed, Jack Morris and Jake Lee won. And it was all right. It wasn't anything particularly good to write home about, but it was fine. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with anyone in the ring. It's just a case of you knew for a fact where this match was going since it's the debut of a new faction. And it's yeah. sort of getting over Jake Lee, who's just kind of appeared there after leaving all Japan. He has got a really, really goddamn good acid kick, though. <laughs> like, that that Yakuza kick of Jake Lee's is fucking vicious. 
It is. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. He's a good wrestler, and, and I've liked the bits I've seen of him. And he seems really, he seems more over with the Western crowd than he is with the Japanese crowd, which is unfortunate because they're the ones who are buying the tickets. But what can you do? <laughs> Just kind of, it was there. It, it was good. Uh, we then had an interval where the full card for the uh, retirement, Keiji Muto's retirement show, which will be headlined by Keiji Muto and Tetsuya Nato, the non-title semi-lane event, Kazuchika Ricardo versus Keito Kitamiya, which we knew about. Let's right start from the bottom after that. Masa Kitamiya and Daki and Arba going up against Yoshiyuki Inamura and Yoshiki Yano. That's a no on Noah matchup, which was will be like no worry. <laughs> The next really interesting one, Mayu Yamashita, Yuki Sakazaki, Riki Tatsumi, and Shoku Nakajima going up against Mizuki, Miyu Watamabe, Maki Ito, and Yuki Arai from Tokyo Joshi Pro. That's cool. Um, Takeshi Sugura, Sakatoshi Kojima, and Timothy Thatcher going up against Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green. That's um, Sugura going, going up against good-looking guys. Eighty so good-looking after Takashi Sugura's finished punching him. <laughs> <laughs> Aita, Yoshiyuga, Agawa, Hayata, Daga, and Chris Ridgeway going on against Atsushi Kotsu, Yohei, Siki, Yoshiako, Alejandro, and Yuta Makao, Hunter, Makao, Miwaki. Okay, right, that's Noah on Noah, kind of stinger. Mao, Yuki Ino against Tetsuya Endo, Hideki Okatanani, Ayuya Kurokawa, and Takeshi Masada. That's a DDT match. Shun Skywalker, Kai and Diamante from Dragon Gate going up against Night, Chinara Fuji, Hijo Del Wagner, Dr. Wagner Jr. and Ninja Mac. That's Dragon Gate versus Noah. That's amazing. The really interesting one Kenta Miyahara, Suwama, and Yumi Ogai Oyagi being representing all Japan. Going against Keno, Katsushi Nakajima, Manubu Soya going against Noah. What made this interesting is that Kenta Miyahari, a current Triple Crown champion, was trained by Katsushi Nakajima and who vowed 10 years ago never to set foot in a ring with him ever again because he's a bully and he beat him up during training. So how Kiyoji Muto managed to pull this one off, I have no idea. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> it does sound like it's going to be a pretty fun show. Uh, then we've got Nasawa and Mazada against Ghetto and Taiji Shimori. That's uh, wrong guy's final match, uh, apparently. Can't trust these things. And Hiromu Takahashi, the IWGP junior heavyweight champion, going up against Amakase, the GHC junior heavyweight champion, in a non title match, which should be insane. <laughs> that should be like. Just mental. I don't know how you describe it, really. Other than that, it's just going to be off the page. Anyway, back to normal things. Kazuchi Sakuraba then defeated Hideki Suzuki by referee's decision in 10 minutes and 37 seconds when Sakuraba managed to choke out Suzuki in a match that was quite long. It was all right. I love both these guys, but this this isn't really what... No, was about, and it kind of didn't really flow the way it perhaps should have done. If this was on a Glade card, I'd have loved it, but it just kind of like hung like there, like a stuck on a shower like, rod. It feel like it would be like better if it was a five-minute exhibition match more than like a full-length martial arts rules match. 
So it's like you could still do your martial arts focus, but sort of streamline it a bit. Because when you've yeah. got to drag certain amounts of holds for like 10 minutes, it just sort of loses its luster. Drag is the right word. Um, yeah. <laughs> it did. I can't, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't, but it wasn't like interesting. It, it definitely sort of outstayed its welcome. Like, I love yeah. both guys. I love both guys' styles, but it needs something to pep it up if it's going to be, like, ten minutes. If there's well, a reason people shit all over, like, drag-out UFC fights. And yeah. that's kind of what this felt like at certain intervals. We'll move on to the next match. MSA and Ninja Mac and Ultimo Dragon along with Sonny Ono. Yes, Sonny Ono. They defeated Dante Leon, Kizzy and Yohei in 11 minutes and 41 seconds. And Ultimo Dragon was Ultimo Dragoning. It brought me back to my youth. And the fact that Ultimo Dragon doesn't look any older than he did like, you know, 30 years ago is terrifying. And Sonny Ono looks, looks, looks distinguished with his grey hair. Got a pretty solid kick on him as well. Well, Sonny Ono. Eric Bischoff's right hand man. Do, do you, I'm sure you do are aware of Sonny Ono, but I'm thinking that you might not have been around during his heyday. I'm, I'm aware of the life and times of Sonny Ono, but I'm glad to hear that. Tell me the story. Well, he was the manager of um, every Japanese wrestler in WCW that was a heel, basically. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw we saw a lot of him when we were looking at some of like the old WCW stuff we've done. Yeah, I think I think the only Japan I think the only Japanese wrestler I could think of that was wasn't managed by him uh, is Mako Satomura. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody I think everyone else was managed by him um, uh, at one point or another. Um, but yeah, he managed Ultimate Dragon. He managed Akira Hokuto. He managed. Um, a bunch of the Joshies that were there as well. He was great. It was, I mean, obviously mildly racist, but you know, he he's Japanese, so you can't really, you know. At one point, I think Yohei was like having a go at him for his pronunciation of Japanese, not being very good, which was quite funny. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, fun little match. Did what it said on the tin. Ultimo Dragon got to a match uh, on a big show. You know, normally working for Dragon Gate these days as he's back with his old crew. And uh, yeah, nice to see. Then uh, we moved on. It, Sorry, Karen. It felt it felt sort of like the defibrillator for the show after the sort of martial arts rules. They were like, right, that's probably going to drag a few people down. So let's give them some some life with this absolutely manic six-man tag match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So my main event, then. El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr., Keito Kiyomiya, Satoshi Kojima, and Tashio Takashi Sugiara went up against Kongo, Katsuyoshi Nakajima, Keno Manubi Soya, and Matsukatsu Funaki in 18 minutes and 13 seconds. The um, Sugiri Gun team won, understandably, purely on the grounds that the others were knackered after the kicking they'd got from Elijah the day before. Um, that was basically the story. Kunaki carried most of this match because the others were like, oh, God, do we have trust them again? <laughs> uh, though that having said that, it was really good. Yeah, this was a fun, nice mix of dad violence and regular violence. It's It just kind of brought itself. Yeah. Here's, I, here's a lot of lads that want to fight. 
I did see some crit criticism of it that it didn't showcase Kiyomiya very well, which I can understand, but equally, he's kind of got his thing going on now. He doesn't need to be showcased anymore in one sense because he's kind of done his thing. And um, I know they figured they'd rather show off the sort of upcoming title match between El Hio, Del Dr. Wagner Jr. and Masabuse Manabusoya. So it's like, let that take center stage since the national title match is like more of a pressing matter. Kiyomiya can have a night off. Like he just booted Okada in the face. Like people are going to be talking about him regardless of what he does in this match. True. Very, very true. Um, and then we got to the main event of the evening, the very, very final match. We are so, we are so are we told. <laughs> For Kiyeji, the great Muta, well, the great Muta. Um, they were going up against Akira, Hakushi, and Naimichi Marafuji, a version of Naimichi Marafuji that we haven't seen for quite some time, and a very dark version of Naimichi Marafuji. Um, they were led to the ring by our friend, um, the great Kabuki, in his, what he says is his last ever wrestling appearance. Um, and Muta, his son, had his last ever wrestling match. And this was way better than it really should have been. <laughs> Considering the age of the participants, but Hakushi bumped all night. Marafuji was absolutely on point. Akira did everything that was needed of him to make this match great. And then you just had 12 Sting do his thing. And Darby Allen and Great Muta were kind of along for the ride with some ridiculous bumps from some of the most ridiculous bump takers in wrestling history. And there you go. What more do you need? Bumpy elbow drops. Oh, I. There was elbow drops aplenty in this particular uh, mashup. It was just, it was kind of like, just really an interesting story to tell. But you had great characters to tell it with. You know what it felt like? What's that? It felt like a Michinoku Pro match. That's what it reminded me of. It, it felt like a full-on, character-heavy, action-heavy, I can't believe this is as good as it is, Michinoku Pro match. That's the president of Michinoku Pro is in this match. Exactly. <laughs> that would help. I would explain. It. I forgot how much I loved Akira. Like yeah. I haven't seen him. Like I haven't seen anything of his in years. And then I saw he sort of made his weird shambling entrance. And I'm just like, of course. Oh man, I've missed this. Kushi <laughs> is still in. Like Jinsei Shinzaki. I don't know what the hell he does, but I hope I look that good at his age. Like holy he... shit! I hope I, I move that well at his age. That's incredible. <laughs> Aside from being the president of uh, Michinoki Pro and the president of Sendai Girls and running a Raymond restaurant, he is also a yoga instructor. Like he, he is just an absolute unit. And oh, I, yeah. I think the only sad thing about this match was um, he was trying to do his rope walk, and I think Muta tripped, so he tripped, and it was a case of, ah. <laughs> but Shinzaki's 56. Yeah, you know, he it's moves like, like he's, he moves like he's thirty. It doesn't <laughs> like he's not left. He has not left lost much of a step since he was in WWE. What like thirty years ago? It's just incredible to watch him wrestle these days. You know, everyone um, was sort of just like the last time I saw Hakushi like this was against the Undertaker, and I'm like, oh god, you're right. But it's like, <laughs> it's well, it was just. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, well, I mean, Jinsei Zinzaki and Great Muta have had great history. They were, they had a, a massive feud in 
tail early, is Muta's early run in all Japan, and uh, Jinchei Sinzaki was part of Badass Translate Trading, the or possibly the most awesome faction in pro wrestling history. Which was a was, like, mul- commentary put over like Muta and Hakushi had one of the bloodiest matches known to man. I was just kind of like, I've got to find that now. <laughs> I think it happened. I'm, I'm not sure if it happened at the tail end of Muta's New Japan run or the early days of Muta's All Japan run. But it was really like, good. I've covered Muta death matches before when I did um, Nita and Muta in the Exploding Barbed Wire match. I need. I definitely need to track down Hakushi versus Musa now. Indeed. Um, yeah, but this was this was an odd mix of nowhere, New Japan, AEW, WCW, <laughs> NWA. Pro, yeah. yeah, Michinoku Pro. It was, it was just a little bit of everything for everybody to get enjoy. And uh, yeah, somewhere Gary Hart was smiling, is what I'd like to think I about. I must this admit, when they did when the Surface Sting theme played and they were doing the sort of slideshow pictures of Surface Sting with Muta, I was just like, oh my god, no way they're doing Surface Sting. And they didn't. But how <laughs> funny would that have been? It's just like... Can you imagine like like, what, where's the long hair? Yeah, except <laughs> Yeah. No, it was good. And they, they do get pictures of them getting off the plane in classic Japanese style. There's a picture, there was a, there was a camera crew waiting for Sting at the airport. <laughs> it's like, that's brilliant. And it is, Sting did say it's, it's absolutely his last trip to Japan. So he's not going anymore after this one. He did it for his mate, but that's it. This was just a really sort of fun experience. It's like everyone is here working as hard as they can, having fun, and again, telling the sort of story of two demons, one of which is going away and one of which is now trapped forever because Muta's a dick. <laughs> the show went off air with KG, the great Muta, shouting at Darby Allen, Oi, young boy, get me that wheelchair. And he was driven off behind the desk on a wheelchair by Darby Allen, the, your current TNT champion, Darby Allen. So there you go. That was that. It was a great visual as well that like Muta just uses Hakushi's blood to write on the board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. All right, then. Let's move on to New Japan Pro Wrestling. The new beginning in Nagoya, the first new new beginning show of this particular tour, which had a, a, a title match for everyone. It was kind of like, it was a bit like the Noah show. Everyone was kind of like worn out from Yokohama the day before. Uh, but it opened with Togi Nakabe and Tarayano, your most violent players, going up against Oscar Lube and Yuta Nakashima. And indeed, for nine minutes and 25 seconds, Yano and Nakabe tortured the poor young men. Uh, he managed to get some swings in, and that that Lou Bay leg drop is something you just, you just got to see. <laughs> it's just like it's like a giraffe landing on you. It's it's, it's something else. But there you go. Yeah, this sounds like it would be relatively good fun. And I mean, just watching Macabre beat up young people is kind of fun in of itself. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And then you had the most bizarre tag team. Uh, match you will have heard of for quite some time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. House of Touch, Dick Togo, Evil, Show and Yujiro Takahashi went up against Tommy Akahonma, Ren Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. Um, the good guys won. 
I say good guys in quotation marks because it's still Desperado and Minoru Suzuki who are trying really hard to be faces, but they don't know how. Minoru <laughs> Suzuki is always kind of going to be a face because nobody can hate him. Unless no, they're like a Noah fan, nobody no. can hate Suzuki. No, because he is just that popular. He is he's one of those wrestlers that is that good. He has trans he has transcended the face heel spectrum. People would cheer for him no matter what. That is true, but that's popularity. But as a character, as a human being, he still has dark blood running through his veins. And this match was interesting just because of the way that it, they only got a 5.94 from the cage match users. But that's not the point. The point is... House of Torture dragging everything yeah, down. Yeah, that's it. They, 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 House of Torture did their House of Torture things, but it was obviously Yujiro was going to get pinned. And he got pinned by combinations from Ren Narita and Minoru Suzuki because Suzuki snapped him and Narita, Narita penalty kicked him. Homer got in the headbutt and it was kind of actual teamwork in a Hontai team kind of sense. And then at the end of the match, Suzuki holds his fist out to Honma, who nods and bumps it. And Desperado bumps him as well. And Honma heads back to, to the line. It's like, ooh, Suzuki's... Suzuki and Desperado might have found a new home, but Narita's not having any of it quite yet. And then Suzuki throws the challenge out to her house of torture. Never open weight six-man championships. That's going to happen on this tour. With Narita, oh, God, Suzuki and Desperado. Like, as much as Suzuki and Desperado and Narita are going to work their socks off, it's going to be shit. House of <laughs> it is, but the story... That's I, I don't know where this goes, but it, it's a good story. I like Funnily it. Funnily enough, this this week I am um, brought about Hanma. Oh, he's 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 a deathmatch wrestler. Yeah. I mean, Suzuki's just dipped his toes into like hardcore wrestling with John John Kasai, yeah. so it's like yeah. this is it. This is this is. This is the elaborate starting of a deathmatch division. Suzuki's going to get a bloodlust. He's going to talk on her into just being like, hey, do you want to do deathmatches again? we got Despy here. He's Junkasai's best mate when it comes to bloodletting. Let's just be a deathmatch team. <laughs> this is it. This is yeah. the master plan. This is New Japan trying to get me back. <laughs> just you. <laughs> it's like, it was funny because obviously Zandig made his weird announcement. I was like, oh yeah, him and Onma had a load of really wacky matches in BJW. And this one that I wrote about just ended with Zandig dumping a load of mustard over Honma. Fair enough. Oh, let's just move on. Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi, along with Raya Owa, lost to the Mighty Don't Neil, Kasuhi Fujita, Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, and Zack Sabre Jr. This is setting up Ishii going up against Zack Sabre Jr. for the TV title, and Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste going up against Goto and Yoshihashi for the IWGB Tag Team Championships. But the big story out of this is really how they're showing Kosei Fujita how to wrestle. Because at one point, Zack Sabre Jr. got Ishii in a cravat and then was explaining to Fujita how to do a cravat properly. And they were just tagging in and back, back in and out as Zack Sabre Jr. was essentially giving a lesson to Fujita. And then Nichols and Hayes were showing him how to do strikes. <laughs> and it's just like, this is brilliant. I can sit and watch this all day. And uh, That's yeah. such a wholesome unit. Like It is. Yeah. Yeah, they've, oh. they've, they've hit their stride, you know. Um, 
it's yeah, Fujita's kind of happy-go-lucky Mighty Don't Neil guy now, and um, they've got their own young boy, and they're dead happy with it. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, next up, Bullet Club, El Fantasma, Kenta, Daedrishi, Mori defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jado, and Master Bato. I honestly don't remember anything about this match at all. Just completely out of my head. <laughs> one of those ones I'd see written down, just blurt right, skipping. Yeah, just like, I can't, uh, no. It is, I mean, they're all all right, but it just didn't, just, it, nah. It's a nothing match. Yeah. Like, Jado's in it, so we know who's going to lose right off the bat. It's like, because there's no way in hell Ishimori, Fantasma, or Kent are getting pinned. And yeah. I highly doubt they're going to pin Tanahashi or Wato in a nothing match. So it's just like, there is no stakes to this. No, I mean, I mean, Kentra and Tanahashi still ate one another. But it, it, it's off the boil because it's been two years since Tanahashi put Kentra in hospital. So it's just like... Ugh. It's kind of at this point, though, who hasn't put Kentra in hospital? <laughs> when we were in London for Royal Quest, Ishii put Kentra in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's just move on. United Empire, Aaron Henry, Francesco Akira and... Mm-hmm. Defeated just four guys, Diki Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemuru, uh, along with Takamichi Noko in nine minutes and 24 seconds. This is still getting towards Akira and uh, Catch D2, basically defending against Yoshinobu Kanemuru. And Osprey picking a fight with Tai Chi. Shame I almost want to watch that just because. I don't know. Os- Everything I'm seeing of Osprey at the moment. Shows that he might have finally understood that every match can't be an Osprey match. Yeah. I see is one of the most malleable wrestlers there is now because he's finally realized that he doesn't have to be gimmick guy number 56. Yeah. So that, there's some inter- something interesting to that, but I still just can't really take United Empire all that seriously, which sucks because they've got some of the best wrestlers in there in Aussie Open. And they've got yeah. one of the best mouthpieces in there in Gideon Gray, and it's just kind of. I know, and and, and um, one of the best big men in um, in your um, guy from Guam, whose name I can't remember because it's gone out of my head. Jeff Cobb, big. Yeah, big monster. But well, then you've but... you've got masculinity expert Darren Henner and TJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. I, I still can't believe Henner has written a book. I still he's, can't he's, believe it. He's on a grift. Yeah. Your masculinity. Meanwhile, I work in wrestling, one of the most homoerotic sports there is. Yes. Oh, oh yes, he was uh, out out in force supporting uh, Andrew Tate last week. That went down well. Oh, wrestling. Yeah, so that went down well. Oh. wrestling fraternity, as you can probably imagine. But anywho, let's just move now, on. That is the true biggest grift on the planet, because there are so many clips of him breaking character. He's like, oh, shit, this is too much, isn't it? And it's like, it's Alex Jones 2.0, someone who is grifting to work over idiots. Except this and, time, uh, instead of it being right-wing conspiracy nuts, it's incels. Wake I'm, up, I'm, fucking I'm t- hell. And teenage boys. I would also point out, as awful as Alex Jones is, he never human trafficked anyone or sexually assaulted anybody, as far as I know. Yeah, there's that too. Allegedly. You know, um, but the remarkable thing is, 
if you put on your website that you work with the Romanian mafia and that you who, that you go about human trafficking people, the Romanian police will probably come and visit you. Oh, but no, no, no. It's all the Matrix. You know, that massive trans allegory. Yes, of, of the, Roma- uh, the Romanian police who were particularly well known for not prosecuting human trafficking cases, and that's one of the reasons why he lived there. Anywho, let us move on from that this was particular debacle. <laughs> so Shane is in prison for another month. Uh, Kazuchika Inkada and Yo tagged up with Raisuki Taguchi and Shooter Umino to defeat Gozik Morales de Hapon, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Sonata and Tetsuya Nato. When Shota Umino got a pin over Yabushi there, it was, was all right, this. They were all clearly knackered from the night before, and they were going at half pace. <laughs> but it was all right. It was good for, for, you know, for half pace. None of these guys are slouches, so it was all good. Taguchi put some light, light alleviation in there to kind of, like, give them a break. But 11 minutes, 20 seconds, it was all right. Yeah, I love the fact that Shota Umino is just fully embracing the mocks. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how you show, like, this is my mentor. This is the guy who took me under my wing. This is how I honor him without directly copying him. And it's except, just, except yeah, for the death rider. Really coming to its own. I, I did mean, notice, I, I never even noticed this, like, Moxley's Death Rider is now called Death Rider in AEW because it was originally called the Paradigm Shift. But um, they've slowly stopped calling it the paradigm shift because it's not as cool as Death Rider. <laughs> yeah, it, it it felt like the natural progression of the move, though, because he made his point, and then it's kind of a case of shit. They've used me that much now that it really doesn't mean what it used to mean. So let's go with the cooler name now. Indeed. And then we had the main event of the evening. Shingo Takagi going up against the great Okan for the New Japan King of Pro Wrestling preliminary championship in a mixed martial arts rules match. 22 minutes and 37 seconds that I will never get back. What the fuck does a match like this go that long? It was terrible. Like, <laughs> considering we were talking about a martial arts match being 10 minutes nearly 11 minutes long and it going too long this went 30 minutes nearly how it overstayed its welcome obviously Shingo was a bit fucked is the phrase we're looking at here and because I've been taking a kick at the night before they should not have put this in the main event of this show this should have been later on in the tour to give Shingo a chance to recover because it wasn't it's not if you push, you push Great Okan, he's a former IWGP tag team champion. He's run deep into tournaments. He had a really great G1. So if he can't beat a Nakajingo Tagagi, who can he beat? Do you know what I mean? It's like they should have like buried this later in the tour and then or done it on a house show somewhere. But this was not the time to do this match. And as a result, that this wasn't going to be great, they threw the kitchen sink at it. This was overproduced like a warrant album. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we'll have we'll have um, we'll have uh, United Empire down at ringside, who are known for saying that they won't interfere in matches. So of course they interfered in this one, and then of course the guy, the last from Lij came down to even the odds up, and who who never turn up on matches because they're Lij and they only decide on the off chance that they might turn up, um, and then Shingo goes and wins the championship. Like, even the pictures are, like look bad. 
it's just not good. It was not pleasant to watch. It was. It just went on for a very long time. And it's like I've seen Okan do cool stuff with this kind of layout of a match. Like the the amateur wrestling matches him him and Yano have last year were brilliant, really well done, really well executed because they actually stuck to the rules and had an amateur wrestling match. And because this was like MMA rules, which is not Shingo's wheelhouse, and Shingo does what Shingo does, and Shingo's brilliant at what Shingo does, but trying to make Shingo do all the things and what he does, why bother? You got Shingo Takagi, have Shingo Takagi. There's Shingo Takagi. You put you give Shingo Takagi the opportunity to be Shingo Takagi. And yeah. This is the downside of the the KOF division. Mm. I'm sorry, KOPW division. Because it's like, sure, you get to make your own gimmick matches. But those, those gimmicks will suck half the time. <laughs> yeah. This is why we need the deathmatch stable. Then Suzuki wins the belt and only ever defends it in deathmatches. Or Desperado wins the belt, only ever defends it in deathmatches. There you go. Yeah. I guess we Sorry, should. I'm just going to keep fantasy booking the New Japan Deathmatch Division because. Or faction, at least. I just want more Deathmatch Despy. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure they'll let him out after last time. <laughs> He'd have to be on by bedtime. Um, anywho, after this match, um, Shingo Takagi requested the presence of Kazuchi Ricardo. He apologised to for interrupting him at Wrestle Kingdom. And suggested now he had something to bargain with when it came to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and would that would uh, would Mr. Ricardo like to challenge as a championship for championship match for the King of Pro Wrestling Championship? And Ricardo said, "Well, despite the fact it was my idea, I really only have eyes for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So let's just have a straight up wrestling match, no KOPW stuff, just wrestling as wrestling's sake." So they will be having that match later on in the tour. I think it's on the last night of the tour. Um, which would be fine, because it would be infinitely better than this. <laughs> Monstrosity. It would be infinitely better than this, from the sound it was, of things. It's just... It, it just you, if they put ZSJ versus Ishii at this point, it would have been better to do that now. They could have put the IWGP Tag Team Championships in the main event of this show and no one would have complained because TMDK versus Ishimon, who doesn't want to see that? Uh, whereas, like, with this, you're kind of stuck, aren't you? So, yeah, it was a match that was not up to their usual standards for either of them because it just couldn't be because Chingo had taken a kick in, literally taken a kick in for, like, less than 24 hours earlier. So... There you go. That was that. And that was the wrestling show. And that was three wrestling shows. And um, where do you feel this leaves Noah and New Japan now as we head into the big Tokyo Dome show and the rest of the New Beginnings tour? Honestly, I'm quite impressed with how much this sort of cooperative spirit has continued on. Like, New Japan seems to be showing some actual growth in the fact that, oh shit, our product is better when we have variety. Case in point, look at the New Beginning show, where most stuff is okay, but nothing truly excels that much. Because it's still kind of just New Japan. And, like, it's interesting to see these new stories, especially with the Suzuki, like, former Suzuki Gun members, mm. the Honma stuff, the TMDK stuff, and, yeah. I don't know. I think it's unfair to ask me about New Japan, 
because I've just gotten tired with them. So even if I see like minor signs of progress, I'm still probably going to be like, Ugh, still can't be asked though. Waiting for the wheels I'm to fall off. Yes. I'm way more intrigued by the New Japan versus Noah stuff purely because of how much of a clash of styles it is and clash of personalities. Like Kiyomiya versus Okada is probably going to be at the top of everyone's lists by the end of the year unless they overbook it to fuck or someone gets injured in the first two minutes like that is something i'm excited for muta naito is going to be weird as hell so again he'll probably be pretty good it's just uh, when it comes to new japan purely i feel like it's really hit because some of the stuff that they've got lined up looks like it's going to be cool as hell. And some of it you're just kind of wary of because, like, Suzuki, Despi, and Narita versus House of Torture. I. It could be good, it, it could be terrible, but it's no in between. You've got, you've got one of the best professional wrestlers of all time. You've got one of the best hybrid wrestlers of all time and one of the most promising wrestlers on the horizon against House of Torture and I just I just look at that and I think cool so I'm going to be entertained for five minutes and then bored for about 20 because it's House of fucking Torture I guess we will see what happens though it would be nice to have those titles on a babyface team after the monotony of House of Torture I say babyface in inverted commas (laughs) Oh no, the best case scenario would be Suzuki's team win and House of Torture get disbanded. And they all just go back to, you know, being singles wrestlers or something. How could you do that? Because there's someone who's a Bullet Club and you can't disband Bullet Club. So, no, you know. You disband this subsection because, like, just have Jay White come along and say, right, this isn't working. Stop. Yeah. That's, that's another person who's been in the news lately, but um, he wasn't on this particular show, though I'm sure he's looking on somewhere because his contract is due up, apparently. But um, I don't know. We'll Every see. year, though, doesn't it? Everyone's like, oh, Jay White's contract's up. He's going elsewhere. And then it's like, no, nope, he's still New Japan because why wouldn't he be? I don't see him working anywhere. I mean, he did all right in Impact. I'm not sure Impact used him as well as they could have done, but he did well in Impact. Well, the I, big problem here is though he wants to spend more time in America, and yeah. a partner Tanahashi, New Japan Strong's coming to an end. So it's like, what, what's the new New Japan America shit gonna be? It's if just any, gonna be. I, it's just gonna be New Japan tour in the states like they were doing before lockdown happened, and they were doing really well. You know, that Dallas G One show got eleven thousand. So, you know, if they can do it, it's, it's, it's doable. But to do that, you need a marketable Western character as the leader of your biggest Gaijin faction. And they've just lost Jay, Juice Robinson to AEW. So the, the second in command's gone. Obviously, Anderson and um, the Gallows have gone back to WWE. You've just got kicked out Tamatonga, Hikaleo, and. Um, Tango Lower, so there's another three guns. You're down to ELP, and I ain't going to cut it if Jay White's not there. (laughs) 
So we'll see, I guess. We'll just do a big twist of Mercedes Monet is going to be the Bullet Club. I wouldn't put it past her. I think she'd be great in Bullet Club. I think that would be but Actually, awesome. yeah, that, that, that's the thing. That would be the best thing that could possibly happen to Bullet Club. <laughs> mm, intriguing. She might sort out the stars so they don't look like seven homeless guys. But there we go. They reach that stage where they all look, to be honest, they all look very similar. Is the other issue? It's like, you know, it, it, it was becoming a bit aces and eights there for a while, with juice, especially. Beard, long hair, mildly homeless. But there you go. Well, it's not as a hard faction to book these days because it's like, it was originally purely based on Gaijin being, un- like, feeling like they were unfairly treated. And they've always been led by, like, a proper charismatic leader. And I'm not saying J.Y. isn't. But no leader has really shown such, like, disdain for his own group quite like J.Y. has recently. Oh, I don't know. Kenny Kenny was pretty disdainful of certain members of his own group. But yeah, same as what you're saying. That's because they had the whole Bullet Club Civil War thing. It was the... I wasn't thinking everyone else. So there was was a storyline reason for that. It's with White. It's like he has almost purely transcended the group to the fact that people forget he's in Bullet Club. (laughs) I was thinking more of the pre-elite days. Oh, you know, there was all these always the elite, but I meant like the when Bold Soldier came in and they had to get Kenny had to get out Cody Rose into Bullet Club to kind of like get rid of the stench of Bone Shot Bone Soldier. <laughs> I mean, every yeah. faction needs a fall guy. <laughs> that was not a taste because Finn Balor was threatening to go back to Japan to kick him out personally because <laughs> he hated Captain New Japan. Japan. Yeah, get rid of this guy because he hated Captain New Japan that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes for sure, definitely. But we'll have to call the close for today's show. Thank you very much for listening to us today, and a thank you to my guest, Mr. John Dinsdale. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell. Probably quite literally because that's probably who Elon Musk is making his next deal with, the devil. But um, yeah, you can find writings, ramblings, opinions. Screen caps from matches I'm writing up, watching and enjoying. And yeah, same kind of a similar thing on Instagram at handle John underscore Deathman. It's kind of a backup account, but it does get more pictures. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can find me at Deathmatch Digest on the Patreon. That is bi-weekly deathmatch write-ups and the place where I publish a lot of free reviews when wrestling shows take my fancy. For example, this week we looked at Toshiyuki Sakuda's US run and his matches in ICW No Holds Barred and H2O, where he had my first match of the year against Neil Diamond Cutter, where Cutter ended up looking like a makeshift Cenobite from Hellraiser. So yeah, check go. that out if you want your daily dose of deathmatch content. Uh, if you'd like to find me, I'm Sheriff Fonestar on Twitter. I'm Sheriff Fonestar TX on Instagram. You can find the show Trooping Show on Twitter, Trooping Show on Instagram, and The Trooping Show on Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon as well and various other places. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and all the places you can get podcasts from, Stitcher, and all of that. And uh, yeah, 
thank you very much for listening to us today. We truly appreciate it. Oh, I did have a lot of writing in the Voices of Wrestling Top 100 Wrestling Matches of the Year. If you want to go back and have a look at them, go onto the Voices of Wrestling Twitter feed and you can find them broken down into mini segments. As you probably could imagine, from my particular taste, a lot of my writings was on the matches outside the top 100. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did. Uh, I did actually successfully manage to get some writing in on the number one wrestling match of the year from last year for the Voices of Wrestling guys. So that was nice to see, and some great writing in there from other contributors as well. We'll be back next week. Take care, and we'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>